0: Also, remember tonight is our youth service this evening, so I'm looking forward to that, excited for that to happen tonight. It'll be great, so um, hope you'll come tonight for our youth service. Our, our young people will be uh, taking care of that under the direction of Brother Angelo tonight, so please come for that. No Thanksgiving dinner here at the Palace of Praise this year. We usually try to do one here, but this year we're going to pass on that, so no Thanksgiving dinner at the Palace of Praise, so keep those things in mind amen i'm going to go to first john chapter 2 and you may be seated because we're going to actually read several verses from first john we're going to go to chapter 2 and we're just going to read several verses i usually uh, don't do this when i'm preaching i read lots of verses right at the beginning but i want to do that this morning because of uh, the message i am going to preach this morning we welcome all of our guests here today. So glad to have you here. First time guest, Brother Victor, great to have him here and, uh, and every one of all of our guests. Amen. First John chapter 2 and verse number 1, verse 1 of 1 John chapter 2, it says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we, we we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the world and if any man sin we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous Jesus Christ the righteous look at first john chapter 2 and verse number 8. Drop down to verse number 8 of that same chapter. And again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. Because the darkness is past, and the true, true light now shineth. It's not just shining at that moment but it means it is continuing to shine verse number 12 of that same chapter verse number 12 of that same chapter it says i write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake now, in this verse, John is not asking a question, question. He is making a statement. He's making a statement that's not open for discussion. It is a statement because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Now then, verse 1 of John, 1 John 3. Verse 1 of 1 John 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Everybody say us. Us included John. He wasn't just saying them or my other fellow disciples that are now apostles. He said us, that we, we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us, us not, because it knew him not beloved now are we including john the sons of god and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know we know john included know that when he shall appear we shall be like him and we shall see him as he is and every man that hath this hope in him purify himself even as he is Pure. Now to verse number 13. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We, we know that we have passed unto death from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we, we, the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now then, 2 John chapter 1. Some of you are going, man, you're reading lots of verses today. I haven't read this many in weeks. 2 John 1, 2 John 1 and verse number 8. The reason why I'm doing this, we could read a bunch more. I'm just being nice reading just a few. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we received, receive a full reward. Wrought means labored for labored for. Don't lose what you've already experienced. Don't lose what you have already experienced. Pastor, why in the world are you reading all these verses? Well, the reason why I read those verses, it's very important because of this fact. When you look at where John was when he wrote these verses, they say that he was living in Ephesus when he wrote these verses, these chapters and these verses that we read. Ephesus was the chief commercial center and city at that time. Ephesus was the fourth greatest city in the world when John was living there. The fourth greatest city in the world. They estimate that the the population was probably around 300,000 people that were living in Ephesus in that day. That was a very large large city. Ephesus was the most favorable seaport in the providence of Asia. And because of that, a lots of commerce was going through Asia, going through Ephesus in regards to Asia. Ephesus was a major city of religious activity. See the temple of Diane, Get this, was ranked as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And it was in the city of Ephesus. The goddess Diane was the moon god and the patroness of the young girls. Now get this. The temple was supported by 127 columns. Everybody say 127 columns. They were 60 meters high or 197 feet tall. Now, if you look at the tower out there, you get a a pretty good idea that if you double that up, that's about how tall one of those columns was. There was 127 of those columns that was there. It was the first temple to be constructed entirely out of marble. Out of marble. You say, what's the big deal? This was in Ephesus when John was writing these letters. See, Diana played a big part in that day, because they literally coined, minted some coins that had her picture on it, engraving on it, and it said, Diana of Ephesus on it. So this religious power and things that were going on in that city was even affecting the commerce of that day and the economy of that day. This is the city where John is living when he is writing these letters and when he looks out his window he sees all of the hustle and bustle of this commercialism folks he sees all of the prosperity of that day because it was a very wealthy city in that time and it was the latest and greatest inventions I guarantee it was in that city in that day he can also when he gets out and wants to walk guess what he could do he could walk by the temple of Diane in those days and he sees all of the religious activities that are going on in those days but when he gets done seeing all of this stuff he also writes 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 15. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 15 says this love not the neither the things that are If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever." And he could look at that big temple and everything that was going on and all the success was in that city. And when he looked at it, he could say, this is all going to pass away. And guess what? It did. The temple came down. The marble came down. All of that stuff passed away. But John is waiting for his eternal reward, folks. He is exactly right. He stayed true to God, and guess what? He has a hope in Christ Jesus. Why could John write what he wrote? It was because of what he was experiencing. It was what he saw and heard and knew. Then you've got in Revelation, John writes this in Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 5. He says this, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever." and ever amen and everybody can say amen but you say so what's the big deal well in a moment I'm going to relate to you a a story of something that happened to me a couple of weeks ago and it will kind of make a little more sense Um, I was in line waiting uh, to get up to the counter and this elderly gentleman was behind me I was dressed nice and he says so what kind of business do you do And uh, I said, I'm a pastor of a church. And I said, I pastor the Palace of Praise United Pentecostal. He goes, oh, you're a Pentecostal pastor. And I said, yes. He goes, "I, I need to talk to a Pentecostal pastor. I've got some questions I want to ask the Pentecostal pastor. Well, I could tell he was a very educated man. And so we, after we got done with the business, we walked over and we were standing by the doors there where you go out. And he's saying, I'm writing a book right now. And uh, he told me he has a Ph.D. and everything. And he has a background in another uh, religious organization, which is not important. But we were talking and talking. And he says, I've got a question for you. So, As a Pentecostal preacher, if, if you have to go to a third world country, he said, let's just say that they send you to somewhere into a village, into a tribe where there is no God. He said, how are you going to tell them there is a God? He said, because they're not going to know anything about your Bible, and they're not going to know anything about your God, and they're going to have their own God. So how in the world are you going to try to go over there and tell them they need to be saved and start worshiping this God? He said, how are you going to do that? Because you're going to have nothing that's going to be able to support you except a book that they're not even going to believe, because they're not going to believe in the Bible. And so he was very adamant about this stuff, and again, very educated man. And the Holy Ghost just popped something into my mind immediately. And I looked at him, I said, experience. Experience. And he kind of puzzled, he's staring at me, he says, experience. What do you mean by experience? I said, well, I said, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I said, that experience, whether there's a Bible or not, lets me know there is a God. And he's real. And he looked at me and he says well, I've got the Holy Ghost, and I didn't speak in that in, in tongues and stuff. And I looked at him, I said, and that's the reason why you're having problems getting your mind around that there's a God. And I said, that's the reason why you're writing your book and trying to just figure out how they can prove there's a God. I said, but I have an experience. And because of this experience, it lets me know there is a God. And I said, so if I go to that place, I said, I'm not going to be pushing the Bible all on them. I said, you know what I'm going to try to do to them is get them to have the experience. Because I said, if they ever get this experience... I said, then whether the book says he's there or not, whether they understand me or there's a language barrier, I told him, I said, there's, he says, well, wait a minute, you get your, you're not understanding everything. He says, don't you understand who we are, though? He said, we're a speck of dirt. Just a little speck of dirt in this whole big old world. Look at all the planets and look at all these things and look at all this stuff and look at the earth and look at these things. And he said, we're only going to be here and boom, and we're gone. He said, just a little bit of time and we're here. And he starts trying to explain it. And you could tell he's a very educated. He's trying to explain all of this stuff. And I said, but get this. And finally he got done. I said, but get this, buddy. I said, before you came and before I came and after you leave and after I leave, God's still going to be around. And I said, you talk about this big huge universe. I said, guess what? God created it. And He didn't use, He didn't need your help or mine to do it. And I said, you know what? I can't get my mind around, because he was trying to explain all this thing. He said, What about this and this and the Big Bang Theory and all that stuff? I said, the Big Bang Theory is so illogical. I said, for it to just explode and everything, he goes, Well, what if there's a combination of stuff? I said, you're gonna need more faith to believe that, buddy, than you're gonna be to just believe the Bible. He goes, well, I'm a religious man. I go to church. I'm a very religious man. He said, but I don't understand the God thing. Okay, get this, folks. That's where we are in our world today is we've got a religious world that does not understand the God thing because of a lack of experience. See, when you look at this, these verses of scripture, now look, I read you all those verses saying, hey, God's forgiven my sins. We will forgive our sins. God's going to do this. He's great to many. But here's the great thing. Look at 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Now see, Brother Angelo, he likes Ford Mustangs, right? Why do you like Ford Mustangs? Cause you own one and you drive one <laughs> so experience says he likes Ford Mustangs now Bishop likes pumpkin pie with that cream on top all that calories all of it put on there now the reason why he likes pumpkin pie lots of experience Lots and lots of experience. And he's going to do some more experimenting this week during Thanksgiving. But experience says, hmm, I like pumpkin pie. And I don't care if somebody comes to me and says, I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't care. Experience tells me I like pumpkin pie. Now, I know in my family there's not a lot of people who like pecan pie. But Lucas... Do you like pecan pie? Oh, yeah. And where can you find the best pecan pie? Buster's is the best pecan pie. I just gave you guys a heads up now. It's the best place. Why can you say that without any doubt and you're ready to fight when somebody tells you it's not? You tried it. Experience says if you want a good pecan pie, go to Buster's it's got good stuff when we have an experience people cannot rob you of the knowledge you gained in the experience and you're saying "Well, okay what about this whole john thing first john second john third john and revelation and all that stuff look at how he starts his ver- he's sitting in ephesus looking at all this stuff and look at the very first verse the way he starts everything that which from the beginning." which we have which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon our hands have handled of the word of what's he saying he starts out saying because of my experience what i have seen what i have heard he spent time with the word of life he spent a lot time with the almighty god of heaven he spent time with jesus christ folks <laughs> amen he has this experience and because of that experience look at the rest of it for the life was manifest and we have seen it and he can only bear witness because he has an experience. We bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest unto us, that which we have seen and that which we have heard, not something folks is not something that we are just reading in a book. No, you know what I'm sharing with you today? I'm sharing you with you an experience. I'm sharing with you an experience. Anybody been baptized in Jesus' name? When you share that, you don't have to just read Acts 2.38 and say, well, it says you're supposed to do this. What you can do is say, I have experienced baptism in Jesus' name, and it is awesome because I experienced this thing. Look at this he said that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that we also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full and if that wasn't enough he goes to verse number five this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The reason why he could write what he wrote in 1 John chapter 2 and chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 1. The reason why he could write all those things and say, hey, God is going to forgive you of all your sins. God is going to cover you, cover all of your sins. God is going to take you out of darkness into the marvelous light. You know why? Because it goes back this, because of what I have seen and what I have heard and what I have experienced. I can tell you today, God takes away our sins and gives us a clear conscience. Why? Because some Pentecostal preacher tells me that? No buddy, it has nothing to do with that. It's experience. I can tell you going down to an altar repenting of your sin, it works and it's a great feeling. You know why? Experience. Can I get a witness in the house? Can I tell you receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the greatest gift you're ever going to get in the world? But I'm not, hey, I, I, I've got the Holy Ghost and, and I never felt that way. Well, you didn't get the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues, because when you get that experience, nobody is going to be able to tell you that God is not real and the experience is not real and the Holy Ghost is not the greatest experience in all the world. Why? Because you're going to say you came too late to tell me that there's not a real God and that he's not giving the Holy Ghost to people today because I have already got the experience. I got it this morning when I was praying. I felt the Holy Ghost moving on me so I could speak in tongues. God's not just a God of yesterday. I'm still having an experience today. I'm still having an experience today, folks. You can experience God today, tomorrow, every day the Oh. oh, hallelujah. Now get this. When you start to look at what is going on here, get this. Peter starts using the same. because if you look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What's going on? Experience. Experience. Just a few days before this, Peter is denying the Almighty God of heaven. Why? Because he hasn't had this experience yet. He has a, he's heard about it. She's been telling him over and over and over again it's coming. He tells him, hey, you I'm going to go away and the Father's going to send you the promise you're going to get the Holy Ghost go read it. It's in the Gospels. Peter's there when he's telling him all this stuff but Peter didn't have the experience. He only had a word. But uh, buddy, when he comes to this chapter right here, it's he's one of the all that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now look how that experience begins to affect the life of Peter. He now stands up in verse number 14 or 13 and says, hey, you guys listen to me. A guy that's hiding out by the fire, and when they said, hey, you're with him. No, I'm not. I can't say the words he probably said but... He's denying him no experience yet. Wow. Hear me today. Sitting on a pew won't get you to heaven. Sitting on a pew is not going to help you to stay even going to church. Talked to someone recently. They, they didn't want to go to church anymore. Why? But I asked them, I said, How, when are you speaking in tongues? You had the Holy Ghost. They haven't spoken in tongues in a long, long time. Their experience, folks. Has faded off into the background, and so they can walk away from truth because of what? They've lost something from their experience, folks. If you're going to be saved and you're going to make it in these days, you're going to have to have your own experience. You are going to have to have this for yourself. You've got to get this for yourself, folks. Hey, if you're going to stay in the church, you're going to have to repent for yourself if you're going to stay in the church you're going to have to be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins for yourself if you're going to make it even to heaven and make it living for god today you're going to have to receive the holy ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues you've got to have the experience for yourself see that experience helps you because then when you get over to john I mean, over to Acts chapter 10. Here's Peter, and Peter's testifying to Cornelius and his family. I mean, to Cornelius' household and his family, and he's witnessing, preaching, and everything to them. But look at what he says when he gets down to the end. Verse number 47. He says this, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as as well as We, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. He looked at them speaking in tongues, and he saw them receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then his mind went back to his experience in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, and he says, my experience tells me that this is the same as that, So they must be getting the same Holy Ghost that I got even though they're Gentiles because